Canadians and Sandy pacification emplacements are active and tracking at this station. Welcome to the Orbital Sorter. Please follow me to the reading room. Three, two, one, ignition. Welcome to the Orbital Sword. I'm David Moulton. I am Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And you're not. Uh, yet. <laughs> we are not. We are not yeah. definitely. Although I'm going to tell you right now, being a teacher where I'm at with two weeks left, I wish I was Jim Arrowwood. I, I mean, I hear it's just nonstop loot playing and board gaming with his daughter. It's these amazing days. what you can do on summer vacation. I know. I know. Oh, it is. You actually can have a life. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there is such a thing outside of high school? What? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wow. You'll figure that out. Matthew McConaughey doesn't know what that's about. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, well, what are we here to talk about tonight? We have a book. We're we talking about a book. a book. This is a book podcast. Let's talk about a book. Yeah, we're sitting here in the library of the Orbital Sword, and we're going to talk about New York 2140. And outside the windows, there's nothing but water. Nothing but water. By I have Kim. my skiff out. I have my skiff out by the front porch. <laughs> So we need to go home, David. I'll, I'll you'll just you'll I'll, get me. I'll, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay, I cool. got gotcha. you. So we're good. Okay, we're gonna glide a little. Yeah, right off the yeah. top. Yeah, maybe I'll get one of the hydrofoils. I wonder how much. I wonder if the hydrofoils. How fast it'll get me to Jim's house. <laughs> you got to stop and recharge. I do got to stop and recharge. That's, That's true. Right. Yeah, but you got to stop and save little kids too from drowning. Yeah, <laughs> true. If only those stupid twerps wouldn't be under a diving bell, we'd all be good every day. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Diving bell. I mean, who does a diving bell these days? Seriously. It's seriously. so unsafe. And who gets it right as much as they did? Uh, I mean, seriously, off of an old diagram. Yeah. Who'd have thunk it? Right. <laughs> well, this book is New York 2140 by Kim Stanley Robinson. It is indeed. And uh, our main premise here is there's been two solar flares causing um, global warming to go crazy skyrocket high. Ice caps have melted. The sea levels have rised, and for the good third of the book, you feel like it's the end of the world. And then you realize it only flooded half of Manhattan, so it's not even like it was that much. Well, so it but, raised sea level, I don't know, what, 20, 30 feet, yeah, something like that? I mean, it's horrible, but at the same time, like they make it sound like the whole world's underwater, and then you realize it's like, oh, we lost New Jersey. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> yeah, in the book... Actually, where Jim's at, the, I probably couldn't even take a skiff, too, because he'd be fine. Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. No, in the book it says uh, fifty feet. Fifty feet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fifty feet. So that would yeah. not impact you, would it, Jim? Uh, no, no, not even, not even a little bit. We're <laughs> out here on the, on the high plains. Yeah. So I, I would not be able to take my skiff to Jim's no. house. Unfortunately, yeah, you, you, I'd have to however, take it as far as I can. Then I'd have to hop on the sandworm, and then it'd be good. Yeah. Or take an air. And, however, air blimps. Air blimp, yes. Yeah. We would not be able to grow food. Because the temperature would be too high, that would be a problem. In the book, though, yes. isn't like uh, isn't your area area a national reserve anyway? Isn't that um, what they say? I don't remember that. That was one of the interesting concepts. But so the basic premise of the book is it's New York, um, twenty one forty. The sea levels have risen. Uh, lower half of Manhattan is now basically like a 
postmodern uh, Venice, really. Uh, they kind of just, everyone still lives there. It's just the roads are now rivers and bottom floors are boathouses and that kind of thing. And then uh, for about three years, nothing happens with these characters. And then the book's over. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it a, that makes, that's pretty simplistic, but yeah. uh, well, you know, Uh-oh. you know, Uh-oh. <laughs> So what did you really think of the book here? No, <laughs> we'll get to your review at yeah. the end of the show, the so the hold show. it, but I'm yeah. sure we'll get an idea where yeah. you're oh, yeah, you are going to You might a little bit. So I did recommend this book, mm-hmm. and I guess maybe one of the things we should do is talk about overall impressions reading, because none of us had read this book, right. and I, I, I basically saw NPR do like a post on it, I'm like, this is kind of interesting, I'm familiar, I've I have, uh, I think I've read Mars sitting on my shelf by Kim Stanley Robinson. I said, we got to, we got to do this book. Right. And so lo and behold, we did this book. So, uh, what was your impression reading it this first time through? And I know that Jim, let's start with you. Cause I know that you have read, you read the Mars trilogy, I believe. Uh, two thirds of it, two thirds of it. Um, so you were familiar with Kim Stanley Robinson what did you think of this book? What was your overall impression delving into it? Um, I, I I really enjoyed it. It for me, it ran a full gamut of emotions. There were characters to like, characters to dislike. There were characters that showed some personal growth. Um, you know, it it made me angry. It made me laugh. Um, it made me sad. So, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. The only thing is, is uh, Kim, once in a while I would find my mind wandering because Kim Stanley Robinson is really wordy. Yeah. Yeah, what is it? Clock in at about 600, 600 pages? I was going to say 600 yeah. words, but 600 pages. Yeah. 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 I mean, so it's not a short book. Um, I'm going to be honest. Uh, one of the things that this book reminded me of, and I'll get to you in a little bit here, David, yeah. um, is uh, it reminded me of 1984, just a little bit. And what I mean by that is there's a story of Winston and Julia that you kind of follow throughout. But every once in a while, wait, we have the citizen narrating and commentating on what's been happening in society. And you get that in 1984. Like You get that in this book. That's one thing I think we should... That's what we should touch on is that the book is separated out, not in your typical chapter settings, and that each quote unquote chapter follows a different protagonist. Right. An A, mm-hmm. B, C, D. Yeah. It's, and so each, uh, I think, act of the book, there's four or five. Yeah. Um, it's like A, you know, Franklin. And then it follows Franklin's narration of what's happening. And then the next character continues the story, but it's from their perspective. So it's so when you say the citizen, it's it's what we're referring to there is a fictional version of the a, f- a fictional version of the author who lives in this time period, basically, right. like the like a, some sort of orator or narrator for yeah. for the book or for history, yeah. talking to you, breaking the fourth wall, talking to you directly from the world that that's happening. Yeah, in the story. absolutely. So mm-hmm. what did you, what did you think, David? Utter piece of crap. <laughs> I thought this book was horrible. 
I wish I could get every moment that I spent with it, which was way too many back. Um, I I think he will the, never trust my recommendation <laughs> again. <laughs> I, I think this author is so full of himself, uh, so absolutely uh, bullheaded. I I can't. I have like it's taking all of my self control to not just swear constantly right now. I could well, not. Now if I could, I if, could not. Even, if I could please introduce. On the line right now, I have Mr. Kim Stanley Robinson. <laughs> well, let's see. We'll probably never, never interview him on this show. No, I'm just I could not. I could not even think about this book in my head and and, and my thoughts about this book without a without one physically getting angry and then and then a tirade of just like profanity in my head, just talking about it to myself. It, this. It made me so angry, some of the stuff in this book. it Nothing happens until... I mean, there are things that happen, but like they're nothings of consequence. It, if, if you wanted to write the story, stuff that happens in the final act should have happened in the second act to make you care about the characters. But you had to get through, literally, audiobook-wise, 18 hours of book before I got to a single thing that made me care about these characters. Otherwise, you're literally just following them on their boring life, which is just living in New York, and it's not even a big deal that it's, like, the whole premise isn't even a big deal. It's just like, oh, hey, we have boats instead of cars now. Whoa. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's so boring. And, oh, my gosh, the citizen made me so mad because he was just going on and on. It was all, it was just like the author pouring all of his, Did like, you listen to the audiobook? I did. I had to switch the audiobook. I could not read this book. Because let me tell so, you, the, the audiobooks actually pretty phenomenal. They, they, the, each character, no, yeah, each character is a different voice, different actor. voice, and like the citizen has this thick New York accent. I just love it. Which I thought was the best part of the audiobook it was the narrator's yeah. voice um, and the whole doing that. But the narrator, the the citizen is just like so obviously like uh, Kim, just like pouring all of his like dribble thoughts of like on economy and and uh on uh on global warming like throwing them at you and i look at your watch at me going on my tirade this <laughs> <laughs> no no i gotta notice that <laughs> yeah, apple yeah, yeah. sent me and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no but like kim stanley robinson i'm gonna have a, si- a 600 <laughs> a 600 page like <laughs> review of this how much i hate yeah. this book but like it just so, citizen, so, so let's at, no. At one point, the citizen, <laughs> like I am hating this book so much. The citizen refers to our characters. He says, "He says if you don't agree with the stuff, maybe I'll just stop talking or I'll put all my thoughts in red." He's like, "Not, nah, I'm not going to force you." And then he literally says he's going to force you to listen to him some more. But he says and then, you can skip ahead. And then and then he goes on to ref- yeah yeah. But then and then he goes <laughs> but on. You're listening to you can't Got yeah. <laughs> then he goes on. I was reading it still at that point. But and then he goes on to refer to the character as he goes well I, we'll get back to our heroes in a second and when he said we'll get back to our heroes in a second I almost threw my Kindle across the room because these are not heroes these are boring boring people there's nothing special about these people their stories don't matter nothing matters in this at all until the store hap- storm happens the, the whole premise starts off with this like cool maybe there's going to be this like sci-fi thing where they're, they're subjugating the whole system but no it doesn't even matter at all it was ridiculous. So, uh, David, how do you really feel? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so I guess I think what I, what I'm hearing, like when you boil that all down, the thing that you really struggled with most in this was the plot. The plot being, it's not a plot driven story. Yeah, there there's almost no plot. And what is is there's these little mini stories, like okay. There's the the wreck of the Hesperus, right? right. Uh, which is kind of cool, and then they you know solve that. There's a two missing men that they kind of figure out, solve, and then figure out who is behind their disappearance, and that's kind of the storyline. But the big overlying plots have no like repercussions at all. We start the book off with these two guys who insert code to subvert the whole economy of the world and get things back to like an, a better way. Yeah, but right? it does it does play in to the, it ties into the very end of the book. No, it doesn't. If you I, I literally finished the book on the way over here. All right. It does not it does not tie in at all. They sure. they fixed it right away and it never never comes into play again. Every the bubble popping is totally has to do with uh Franklin and what's her face and her husband and and I, well you, the husband you, the husband though is being put in his place because these two guys were kidnapped well, yeah. by a firm but that the, he owned the cool sci-fi thing has nothing to do with it that's other than that that's the reason that they got kidnapped and 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 to support my whole theory about this the citizen even says that none of these characters matter. Things happen because they're going to happen. And that these stories didn't actually affect the end result. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> Jim, what are your thoughts about what David's saying here? Like, do you um, see any of what he's saying? Yeah. And I, and I called Kim Stanley Robinson wordy. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, I can't. He's going to get his lead out and start bashing it. Go ahead. There we go. Um, I can I can understand what David is saying. And and I see his point of view. Um I got I, I think I got more out of this than that. So I I while I agree with David, I have to say that it it had a little different message to me. Okay, so for me, it was like, all right, we have, we've had this catastrophe. Um, things are way different and people are just adapting to it and rather than panicking or, um, you know, having the end of the world or something like that. It's, it's just adapting to the situation as it is. And even trying to evolve it and make it better. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, I'm not oblivious to like what was going on. I just thought it was so boring. I mean, all the really interesting stuff he he would hit on and then totally move away from the floating the floating uh, villages was like a really cool thing. And uh, like when she was on the migration, and she talked about how uh -huh. um, we har now we harvest food with these floating villages that come down and don't even touch the ground. Like there's not, there's nothing on the ground. They harvest everything mm -hmm. from the air and, and then move on. Like uh, the interesting stuff of like uh, keeping, how they're keeping, um, you know, land good and all, all that, all that kind of stuff was, was really cool. Um, even yeah. I'll go on as far to admit, if there was a book that was just the citizen, talking like i hated him in this book yeah 
But at the same time, he was like narrating the story, narrating all the things going on way more interestingly than everyone else in the whole story, especially towards the end. Like I found his stuff way more compelling, even though he was basically just yelling at you for, for living in this time and, and wasting energy and, and, and polluting and stuff. <laughs> but, um, I would have read or enjoyed a whole book of him describing how everything changed rather than following all these characters. Uh, see, and I'm, I'm just the other direction there. I think the message of the book to me, at least was don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, I think that for me, as I look at the, uh, the book, the, you know, there's everyone's like up in arms about climate change. Right. And they're just saying, look, yeah. one of the th one of the messages he has is, if we as humans aren't going to do anything about it, with right now, it doesn't seem like we're going to do much about it to really curb it. Then we as a species have, you know, we're able to adapt, and uh, and this is uh, the story of our adaptability and what that looks like, and and living our lives and and uh, trying to figure out, you know a kidnapping and to find a treasure and to do the things that uh, kind of, you know, to go on adventures, to fall in love. I mean, these are the things that make us human and uh, it's captured in this book here. But, but, mm -hmm. you know, to David's point, if you're looking for a, a straw, a, a plot driven story, you aren't finding that here um, because the plot is secondary to the setting and is, is secondary to the character in their lives. And we do see, as you said, Jim, some character development and uh, some, uh, like all characters, very few characters are just static or flat. You have, you yeah. have, you, you, oh, it does. you have very dynamic characters here. It does wander. It does. And those quotes before chapters... <laughs> We're so one point he quoted Sex in the City. Can we not get over that? that? That was one of his quotes. And at another point, one of the quotes was literally just like the th was literally just a thesaurus listing of like uh, water stuff. I can't even remember. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the first to admit the epigraphs were kind of cryptic. Well, we know what people's. Uh, well, we well now we well, we get a good idea of our impressions and thoughts from this. <laughs> Why don't we move into the story itself, and we can talk about our ratings and stuff in just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Jim, why don't you why don't you take us uh, give us a walk through some of the central characters here? We don't have to hit all of them, but okay. Um, <laughs> well, there was Mutt and Jeff, and we talked about how they were kidnapped and held underwater. I like Mutt and Jeff. Um, yeah, they're fun characters. Yeah, they. They had some interesting things to say. Yeah, exactly. I expected a lot more out of them. Well, especially since you start the story with them. Yeah, and it seems yeah. like they're the plot starters. Literally. Yeah, one of the things that bothered them was that things could be purchased for less than what they were produ what it costs to produce them. Right. And that's that's kind of a backwards kind of economy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, and you know, we talk about them starting the story. They also end the story, if I correct, if I'm correct. They do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they bookend the story for us. 
Yeah. Um, um, and then Inspector Jen, the NYPD police officer. You mean the uh, the uh, the, the really, water sumo wrestler? <laughs> hey, yeah. I I really liked her. Me too. She was ballsy. I liked her a lot. She was. Yeah. She was. Yeah. And I, I don't don't know what else to say about it, but you know it's. I my here's my problem with her character is we spend a lot of time with her, and especially like building up her credentials as this like. Um, bars none uh police officer who's like really getting down to the dirt and getting like this stuff and you do see that she like does some underground uh street fighting or whatever and lets that slide but then all of a sudden in the last act it seems like excuse me seems like she takes a weird turn and she's just also she's all of a sudden very um flippant towards like petty crimes like like she advises them to not report the money I mean, it's very realistic. One thing I had to be like, it's very realistic to the people that I know that are, are cops and stuff. Like, it's like, if you aren't like, a lot of times like people in their life, if they're not hurting anyone, they're just kind of like, whatever. But she's just like, no, you know, melt the gold down and don't tell anyone about it. Don't report it to the police or you'll lose it. And then, and then later with the whole, the whole thing, she, she uncovers this massive, like, uh, issue where the, the mutt and Jeff were kidnapped basically to keep them alive so that another person couldn't be held responsible in their murder. Um, Mm -hmm. as like a, a a dual thing. And she chooses to not, not only not report it, but she hides it from everyone, including Mutt and Mutt and Jeff. It only tells, only tells the appropriate people to make, to use that uh, knowledge as leverage. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of, it just feels like a, a real switch in her character from what they had been building up and building up and building up. Yeah. So, yeah, I was guess I was debating whether that's really a switch in her character being that she grew up kind of in the underground, you know, and she was up and up, but she still had these people that she went and she hung out with that were her peeps. Right. Yeah, I guess so. so she felt so, yeah. so hardball, especially when she like goes with the warrant to the, to the, Oh yeah, the, absolutely. The, the one place. And she's like, balls to the walls getting in there and then you feel like there's going to be this this big like backlash because these people refuse to honor a warrant and and you're like oh she's gonna get them she's like yep i'm gonna come back it's gonna be like a thing and then it's never an issue again never comes up yeah well that's not but the power wasn't in her favor at that point that's true yeah that is true i mean she she could have very easily been dispatched by by the security Right, right, right. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Charlotte Armstrong. Charlotte Armstrong, the uh, politician. The politician, the uh, the head of the building uh, advisory committee thingy. Uh, yeah. So all of her. And she ends up being a senator in the end. Yeah. She doesn't like what she sees going on and she wants change. Yeah. I think probably my my favorite character in the book. Um, she seemed very real. She, uh, I mean, they all seemed real, but she seemed the most relatable, I guess. I like that she she worked so hard on all these things, but then like you know, they took time to focus on like how she was pushing herself to grow, to walk more, but then 
at the same mm-hmm. time like she was very realistic in that uh, the walking oh, was yeah. was painful and and at no point in this thing do they paint her as anything more than just a normal woman like i mean i mean in power and in leadership, but like she's not, they don't like paint her as like a bombshell or anything like that. Like she's just very much um, a lady in her 50s. And then to then have her become the love interest for the younger guy, I thought was actually a really cool dynamic to, to put in. Yeah, that was unexpected. I I really liked her because she was honorable. Yeah. And, and, Although she did have an agenda to help people, uh, she also said that once she achieved her goal, she would not run again. She was intended to be one term only. Right. And that that she would get out of the business. And believe it or not, I, I actually believed her that she would actually do that. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it, 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 it became very apparent that they called her the red like she was very much like didn't mean to be but but was almost uh socialistic i guess in her in her uh way of thinking about government um Mm -hmm. but uh it was she really wanted to push these things and yeah they were that way but someone had to come in and just kind of hardball it you know get it done and that was her we even about the, uh, even, Vlad Marovich. Well, before we get there, even the buildings are kind of a communistic state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the way they function oh. and them raising their own food, uh, producing their own electricity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like their own communist. The co- like with the co-op and everything. Yeah, exactly. They refer to it as their own, since she called it their own little government or whatever, without actually being a government. I forget how yeah. she refers to it. So. Mm-hmm. Vlad. Okay, Vladmirovich and Idelba. I I kind of lumped those two together. Yeah, you need to. Uh, interesting pair, and I love. I you know, of the one of the people I like, uh, Vlad is just um, probably one of my favorite characters because there's a little mm-hmm. bit. He's a little bit like he's so avuncular, you know. He's definitely the glue mm-hmm. in almost every story. He's in. He's pivotal in every character's story. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a boat he's a boathouse manager to some degree, but he's a building supervisor. Yeah. But you find out that he was a diver, so he was he helps in the whole rescue of Jet and Mutt, of Jeff and Mutt. Uh, and then you have the Adelba and the, the Hesperus. I mean, there's just a lot that's going on here. Two things yeah. that talking about Vlad brings to mind. One, when switching from uh reading then i had alexa reading the book to me which was very monotone and then i couldn't just wait till i was at home i had to like listen to it in other places uh switching to the audiobook where each chapter is a different person now doing it they all do accents and i did not even like register that he would have like a, a eastern accent and it just took me totally off guard I thought that was really cool that they did right. that with the, you know, the characters had their own accents and stuff. But And the other thing is, Kim Stanley Robinson must be divorced and he must miss his ex a lot. Because every character that was divorced 
pines for their ex in some way in this book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I guess we don't have any real happy marriages, do we? Uh, yeah, but even but the, some of the divorces aren't necessarily like bad divorces, harsh divorces or anything. You just kind of gotten bored. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and Adelba, I you know I really liked her a lot. Oh, me too. I love her. I love her big va- sea vacuum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's it go. Really let's sucks. go. Hoover the bag. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, you know, but the thing is, is is she was really she was really a tough character. Yeah. You know, uh very strong, very sensible, very smart, and she had the equipment to do a job. Yeah. And uh well, it's, it, you know, she jumped right in and helped the boys out. Well, you know, it's it's you, you say that she's strong, but there's that there's the incident that they refer to and never quite say that came between Vlad and Adelba. And it seemed to be hinted at that there was someone that was, they were someone they were trying to save that got crushed. No, their their child died. Yeah, but through, but being crushed. No, their child died, their child drowned. And then when they were saving everyone in, like out during the storm, uh, there were two guys in the water and she was steering the boat and he was reaching for him and a wave came and pushed it against the guys and they crushed the guys on the wall. Right, right. So I got that, but I thought their son was also killed. Through crushing, but I could be uh, wrong. Drowning. It was just drowning. Yeah. Okay. But it was interesting yeah. how a tragedy tore them apart, and the same, a similar type of tragedy brought them back together. Right. The dealing yeah. with those two guys being like the the death of those two guys was kind of what rebonded them. Yeah. So it is interesting. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, Amelia Black. I liked Amelia Black. One of my favorite <laughs> characters. <laughs> Newscaster of the sky <laughs> who keeps losing her clothing on air. Yeah, but she didn't do that in the book. She, they talked about her doing doing that. Well, uh, she didn't do it. They they referenced it. They never wrote a scene with it in. It was a whole big thing right. about how she doesn't do that anymore. Right. Yeah. My well, f- it, it, go ahead. I think they. I think she uh, focus was focusing on on a different tack rather than trying to get viewers that way it was more like a mutual of omaha wild kingdom kind of thing right on we know the uh what i liked about her her character really grew from the beginning to you know she's she has this naive um naivete when she's trying to rescue the polar bears and then they get obliterated and it's senseless and then she gets pissed off at everyone and then then it's uh then she's trying to make a difference in the financial system of New York, and uh, the storm comes. Like there's a lot of development in her character. Her character really does grow. Um, but I really liked Amelia Black as a yeah. character. She was fun. yeah. She started out a bubblehead. I but one of the funniest scenes in the book was her and those polar bears in the Zeppelin. Absolutely. <laughs> well, the Zeppelin. You know, one of the things we don't have here is the Zeppelin itself. Is is a character? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. So I mean, and you have that, you have that character, and yeah, she's trapped in this closet, and these polar bears are roaming around her ship, and it's a, <laughs> it's kind of it's it's a real cool thing. And then the way they kind of rescue them kind of makes sense, or they the way they kind of trap them back, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun, really fun. 
But you know, when I started reading that part, it it took a while before we got got to the resolution. It's like, what's going on with the bears? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You're like on some other characters, and uh, you know, it's one of the things that I, um, you know, we're talking about all these characters. I, I do like to some degree the story progresses forward um, and it progresses forward through different characters, Mm -hmm. you know, so you aren't Mm -hmm. getting it told from just one character's viewpoint. And so we do get that. We're like, we get her being trapped by the bears and then we, then we're in the co-op and, and Vlad is trying to walk her through it. And, uh, and so we do get a continuation, but then we also kind of leave it for a little bit. Yeah. And I, And and let me take it back. Amelia does get naked in this book. Oh, when she's when crowned. she's yeah, when she's under the ice and yeah. they're trying to warm her up. That's true. Not uh-huh. that that's important, mind you, but we we're just talking about this. Well, you book. would focus on that kind of thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, it's that sort of show. We're gonna need the explicit tags. No. Yeah, we don't want an we don't want an R rating. Uh, right. Unless we're reviewing a pirate book. R rating. An R rating. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, okay. another central character that we have is Franklin Gar. Yes. And I don't really care about JoJo. Do we need to talk about JoJo? Because he's a jerk. Well, yeah, she is. <laughs> however. I mean, they had, they however, had that one intimate scene. We won't go. It was, that reminded me of Frank Herbert a little bit, by the way. Uh, I'm like, you yeah. know, okay, Emperor of Dune, you know. Oh, <laughs> but, but don't. And it's, don't forget. Don't forget, she tried to steal his idea for floating. I know that's uh, what pisses me off about her. Housing. I don't like her. I hate her. Yeah, yeah. She's but a jerk. you know, Franklin, Franklin, and Scott. I'm hoping. I don't know if you can answer this or not, but the entire time I read this book, everything else is from second person, except for Franklin, who is first person. Yeah, isn't that great? He, he is. He is relating his own experiences and his own thoughts. Uh, well, yeah. You know, so this Kim Stanley Robinson in this book really hits all the point of views because um, he doesn't hit second person, but we get this first person, then we get third person limited, and then we kind of get to outside where we get this omniscient point of view that the, the citizen who's telling us what's going on, but we really don't get into this insight into each individual character's life. We just get like an yeah. overarching perspective. And I think this is very intentional from Kim Stanley Robinson's viewpoint that we're getting this personal account. And then we get the third person account that's kind of removed. And I do like that. But yeah. it is. But you're right. And I, you know what? You mentioned that. And I went through the book not even thinking about that. So I'm really glad you caught that. Oh, OK. Well, maybe I can earn a degree in English. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you should. Yeah. If I could learn to talk better. Uh, yeah. Uh, who needs to talk to you have David Durant? Come on. I, yeah, really. And uh, finally, we've got Stefan and Roberto and their mentor, their good friend, Hexter. Dude. Mr. Hexter. These three characters, I always loved them because you never knew what sort of trouble they were getting themselves into. They were <laughs> probably the... The best stories, <laughs> the ones I didn't cringe the most when I. Oh well, yeah, well, you know they out. were just yeah. uh, they were just so good, and you know they're in the dime bell and they're trying to find the wreck of the Hesperus, and you don't know if they found it, and he, they're convinced he did, and then they they have this gold, and they go and they actually find the wreck of the Hesperus, and it's it's it's, it's this whole treasure hunt and adventure, and 
and then they're trying to find Herman Melville's grave, and then you know this whole thing, and yeah, here's and then every time, every time they got in trouble. Here comes Franklin to the rescue. Yeah, Franklin Graham just happens to be a guard. Franklin, not Graham, guard, different person. But Franklin Guard just happens to be in the vicinity to rescue them more than once. I, I like how he even comments on it at one point when he's asked to go search for them. And he's like, he's like, I don't want to do this. And he goes, oh, I break my streak with these guys. <laughs> I should yeah. just go out. Yeah, that's when he was looking for Herman Melville's house and those guys got stuck on shore. Yeah, yeah in the middle of the oh, storm, geez. right? Yeah. I, yeah. I, my thing with their mentor was he seemed way too educated for like what he was historically educated. I didn't think of that until the very end of the book. And I was like, why is this guy like, if he's, he's so intelligent and like on point about all this stuff and a map maker and all those things. Why was, why was he not, why was he, you know, homeless. I guess it's the question. Why is anyone homeless? You know, right? I mean, well, he's old. He's old and poor. Yeah. What do you say? He's old and poor. Yeah. He's, he's probably a former school teacher. Oh, that's what it is. Could very well be. I mean, his, his loot playing never quite got him where he wanted to be. Uh, yeah. Doesn't let, him, doesn't let him retire into the, uh, the fat of the land. And, uh, <laughs> like you thought didn't it have me for a teacher. Apparently guys. not. That's apparently not. But I also thought it was weird that he tells them that, like, not to go to school at one point. And he's so educated. And he's just like, you could go to school, but, nah. He'll just but, get in trouble. Yeah, we know, well, and he knows them, but yeah, he does he does teach them. Like, he teaches them how to read. That's true. That's true. So he, he is a teacher. Th those boys do not need to go to school. They're filthy, stinking rich. That's, That's, very true. True. That's very true. That's very true. That's very true. Well, let's move into some. Uh, what are the things that you want to talk about? I mean, there's uh, we, we there's a lot going on in this book. We have places, things, and organizations. Anything, any of those that you want to tackle here? Mm, not necessarily. Other than uh, I found it very strange that Denver winds up being the uh, financial center. Now, is that because Wall Street is now underwater? Is that kind of the premise of it? Uh, I think it's because all, that's where all the people with money move to. Well, you know what's, what's fascinating? We talk about the financial center. I found it fascinating that part of the financials was based on whether buildings would fall or not. Yeah. Huh. That was kind of like them predicting like, this building's going to fall or these buildings are going to fall and this certain percentage plays like in the futures index. It was kind of an interesting way of viewing. Money. It was all because there was a, I think there was a chapter on it where he's just talking about how, who, who owns the land when no one owns the land. Exactly. And these buildings mm. and like who owns the building. If the building's not there, does anyone own where the building was or who owned the building that fell like it's a lot of variables right i thought that was interesting huh. and well developed but yeah. yeah um well let's move into some favorite points of the plot what are some uh what are some events or points of the story that you really enjoyed jim the 
the description of that storm was epic. It was. Yeah. I mean, that was really, really scary. Except to the two young boys who were trapped in a warehouse and like hanging out with all the critters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, like, okay, they weren't concerned at all. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, those guys out about took, them in there. Those guys took everything in stride. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I mean, they did. They're, they're, they're kids. They're flexible. They, you know, they adapt. And, uh, I think that's what made, made them so appealing is they just didn't get shook up about stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, I almost drowned. Big deal. Yeah. Let's go back. Yeah. Let's go back. <laughs> I won't. I won't next time. <laughs> but but yeah, let's let's get the diving bell again. Get rid of the diving bell. <laughs> but, yeah. So I mean, that's there. You know, I think uh, there are there are a couple favorite moments. Obviously, when they find the wreck of the Hesperus, it's like like woohoo, they found it because they've been searching for it for a while here. Uh, when they mm-hmm. find um, when they find uh, Mutt and Jeff and. Uh, you, you figure out it's this container underground that's kind of like off a subway area. And that, that was kind of fascinating. I wasn't sure what was going to happen there. And, you know, they're they're rescuing and 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 there's that whole thing happened. And, and I thought that that was a fun point in the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're marching and, and that, uptown to take over this building and there's snipers on the roof. I was <laughs> just going to say that. Oh, you were? I'm sorry. I took yours. Oh, no, that's not a problem. (laughs) There were snipers on the roof. Oh, yeah. Shooting over the crowd. And that isn't that that's where like Inspector Jen goes in and and, uh, says, "Okay, here's how we can do we can do things here. Yeah, she talks them down because they're they're ready to start shooting at people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very intense moment. It was. It was. I like the first chapter. When they were talking about overthrowing things with the computer program, but that didn't turn into anything. So, well, I'm glad you liked the first chapter. That's cool. yeah. I was like, oh, this is gonna be interesting. I was wrong. I do like that. <laughs> yeah. I do like the whole polar bear storyline. Yeah, polar bears. Polar bears were interesting. Um, stuff with Amelia there. All the stuff I thought was really like really cool never went more than a page. It just like the whole like. And then she was saving the house, the village. Like, I thought something was going to be more with that. You know what? I bet what you really enjoyed, though, was the water wrestling match. I yeah. mean, that harkened I mean, back was... to your WWE days. Yeah. I mean, I had the belt for so long, and then it got stolen from me. But... I know. So, <laughs> water wrestling. Water wrestling. No, I mean, there are, there are aspects of every story that I think I... Things that I, I enjoyed or I found interesting. I just... Nothing really huge hits the hits the spot. I think um, oh, the storm was the storm was good. I liked the storm. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably, I think the most the most exciting part for me was when they were digging up the house. I guess or digging up the treasure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, was it was it was like story. is it real? Is it not? Like what's yeah. going to happen? Yeah. So yeah, very good, very good. Anything mm-hmm. else? Uh, that stands out for you, Jim? No, I, I, I just I like the book. So <laughs> yeah, well, I'm with you. So we have a bunch of different themes in this yeah. story. Do you want to talk about them, David? Sure, sure. So let's talk about let's talk about the big one: global warming. Mm-hmm. What do you think? 
I mean, how do you feel about the way that he came across advocating against it? Or do you think that he didn't advocate against it? I, I don't feel like he took a position one way or another. Really? Uh, and, and I also discovered that there is a bit of a scientific inaccuracy here. Okay. Because he, he has the water rising 50 feet. And scientists say that if things continue the way they are now, we could we could expect maybe 35 feet, 25 to 35 feet of uh, sea level rise by uh, 2140, hmm. not 50. Yeah. Wasn't it wasn't it faster because we had two in the in the story? There's two solar flares. There's two end of day events. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is, uh, you know, I don't know how, how much of a problem solar flares are going to be other than, you know, as long as we have our magnetic field around the planet. But um, the global warming thing, that's something that's man-made. That's, that's not, uh, uh, not caused by natural causes. Well, you know, and, and, and who cares about global warming after all? I mean, seriously... <laughs> Um, you know, and I think one of his points is like, is he concerned about it? Absolutely. But he acknowledges that nothing's going to change. He's kind of, it's almost as resigned, reluctant saying, well, it's a problem. We all know it's a problem. No one cares enough to do anything about it because if we cared enough to do anything about it, we would do. And why aren't we doing anything about it? Capitalism. This plays into your third theme, right? You know, because yeah. you know, money talks. And I'm sorry, you aren't. It's not financially beautiful to care about global warming. Yeah. Well, at one no. point, he the citizen goes over how to be carbon negative, and how the technology exists in their world to do things where they actually take carbon out of the atmosphere, hence cooling, cooling the Earth. But they don't do it because it's not financially. It doesn't make money. Exactly. And so that's the reason it's not chosen. I feel like he spends a large portion of the book kind of berating us for being dumb and not doing anything about it. And Because I, I disagree with the way that I read it very differently is that, like I said, he's berating us about how we're not doing anything about it, how we need to do something about it. Then he goes on to point out why it doesn't work to, to do things about it, like why capitalism stops it. And then at the end... He basically, to me, he said, not nothing changes, but things will change when they need to change because they change and not well, because of any individual, because he, because that's where he says the, the character, the main characters didn't necessarily cause this change. It changed because it was going to change because it had to change. But see, now we're, we're looking at, uh, KSR's world building in a very, very small area. There wasn't a whole lot said about what happened in other parts of the United States or the world, for that matter. Well, until, um, until the end. Well, and we do get an indication that other places had similar events like Beijing and all that. Yeah, because the... Well, of course. If, yeah. if, the, the level, if the water level rises, it's going to happen globally. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the other part of this whole global warmer thing that Kim Stanley Robinson is saying is he's saying, look, is this a problem? You guys are idiots for not doing anything about it? But then there's this other side where he's saying, hey, if it does happen, we can adapt. Yeah. It's not hopeless. 
It's not like it's not the end of the world if it does happen. We're going to make the best of the situation. Things will change because yeah, they're going to change. But who are who are the ones that are going to be surviving? Uh, uh, survival the of the fittest, baby. Good old Darwin. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we just we just throw humanity and compassion out the window and and just survive. Well, if if, if anything that the the city the the building states I'm going to call them the buildings themselves are the places mm-hmm. where this compassion's happening. I mean, that's another thing I thought was really interesting. The state, like, like there was border control between the states, and it just didn't touch on that. Right. I, I wanted more of like the bigger. But you know, it is. But you know, so yeah, okay, maybe from the national level, there's some sort of compassion being thrown out the window. And maybe from the economic level, but people are taking care of themselves. Like right. the people, there's this natural care. There's there's, there's something. So I, I'm going to tie in here. So I just finished reading The Martian for the sixth time last week. <laughs> oh God, I absolutely love that book. And his statement at the very end is about humans ultimately at the very root, for the most part, care about each other. Sure, there are jerks out there. But they care. And I think that you do see that compassion in this book, but not from the people you necessarily expected. Uh, you do see it. You do see it towards the boys. I mean, basically, the building adopts them. But even Mutt and Jet, who are kind of given a place to stay on the farm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they're adults. And, and then Hexter's kind of given a place. Yeah, Hexter is, is, taken, is, is taken in. And even... Uh, Hard-nosed old Franklin accepts it. Yeah. yeah. And if there was anybody in this story that would be out for himself, that would be Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right, let's move on to... Well, I don't know. I think we kind of touched on the other two. There's tons of economic stuff in here. Um, mm-hmm. That's just... It's too much, but it's... He really builds that part up of his world uh, to the extreme. Yeah, there's a lot of focus on the financials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, not as much. I mean, we would expect more environmentalism than than financial, but it's, I think, uh, just a ton of stuff on finance and how it would change and building up that world of... Nah, money talks and environmentalism walks. That's, that's true. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> that's true. So no, it's going to be. Uh, you know, there. To me, in this book, there was a huge shift in where wealth is, right? And and the haves and the have-nots. I mean, you've got thousands of people living in skyscrapers in one part of the city. And then in the other part of the city, you have very, very rich people that have an entire floor of an even bigger skyscraper. And there's nobody, there's, if, if I recall correctly, the, some of the floors, there's nobody even occupying them. Right. Yeah. Right. And and that's really callous. Yeah. And they wouldn't let refugees into those places. Yeah. No. That was a big thing. Until politics got involved. Yeah. Well, even then, didn't they? Well, they taxed the heck out of them, and then yeah. they said, "Okay, we'll let them in." Yeah. But 
Well, are, are we moving on to the quotes? Is that where we're at? Yeah, let's move on to quotes. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Jim, I saw that you have some quotes. I have some here, too. I just didn't put mine in the show notes. Ours, uh, are ours, any of them crossover? Why don't you go ahead and share yours, and then I'll, then I'll share what I have. All right. Uh, I just, I found several, but there, there's a couple of them that stood out. Uh, this one is, they published their papers and shouted and waved their arms, and a few canny and deeply thoughtful sci-fi writers wrote up lurid accounts of such an eventuality and the rest of civilization went on torching the planet like a Burning Man pyro masterpiece. <laughs> that is one in of other, my favorite quotes. In other words, we knew we were getting ourselves into deep doo-doo, but we decided not to do anything about it. <laughs> um, next one is, no one knows anything, but I know less than that because I thought I knew something, but it was, but it was wrong, so I know negatively. I unknow. Hmm. I just like Deep the thoughts. twist of words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, finally, we demand justice, Jeff says. We don't have it. The world is a mess because of assholes who think they can steal everything and get away with it. So we have to overwhelm them and get back to justice. And I assume it's Mutt says... And conditions are ripe. Is that what you're saying? And Jeff says, very ripe. People are pissed off. They're scared for their kids. That's the moment that things can tip. Very cool. So those are your three and, quotes. Yeah. And to me, that that one would be prophetic. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any uh, quotes you wanted to share? Uh, you go. I'm trying to find them on my Kindle. I, I had highlighted some. Okay. So I have one. This one's a little bit longer, so just bear with me. Because life is robust, because life is bigger than equations, stronger than money, stronger than guns and poison and bad zoning policies, stronger than capitalism, because Mother Nature bats last and Mother Ocean is strong and we live inside our mothers forever and life is tenacious and you can never kill it, you can never buy it, so life is going to dive down in your dark pools. Life is going to explode the enclosures and bring back the commons. Oh, you dark pools of money and law and quantitudinal stupidity. You Oprah simple algorithms of greed. You desperate simpletons hoping for a story you can understand. Hoping for safety. Hoping for cessation of uncertainty. And hoping for ownership of volatility. Oh, you poor fearful jerks. Life is... Life, life, life is going to kick your ass. <laughs> and I think this quote typifies how I imagine David feels about this book. <laughs> All right. I had, back when I, was, when, I, when I thought maybe my opinion would change, I was highlighting stuff. Uh, money, noun, a blessing that is of no advantage to us except when we part with it. It's from the Devil's Dictionary. Ooh. I thought that was a good quote when I read it. And hold your horses here for just a second. Let me scroll. I can, I can share another quote while you're scrolling. Go ahead. So, individuals make history, but it's also a collective thing. A wave that people ride in their time. A wave made of individual actions. So ultimately, history is another particle wave duality that no one can parse or understand. 
All right, here's <laughs> here's my other one. And if you want to shoot yourself in the head by the end of it, just imagine reading 600 pages of this. <laughs> Drowned, hosed, visiting Davy Jones, six fathoms under, wet, all wet, moldy, mil- mildew, milly, tidal, marshy, splashing, surfing, body surfing, diving, drinking, in the drink, dr- drunk, damp, scubaed, Plunged, high dived, sloshed, drunk, doused, watered, waterf- waterfalled, snorkeled, running the rapids, bat stroking, waterboarded, gagged, holding your breath, in the tube, bathyscaping, taking a bath, showered, swimming, swimming with the fishes, visiting the sharks, conversing with the clams, lounging with the lobsters, jawing with Jonah in the belly of the whale, pilot fishing, leviathanating, leviathan- <laughs> Getting finny, snorkeled, dipped, clammed, clamming, salting, brined, belly flopping, crawling, bottom feeding, breathing, water, eating water, down the toilet, washing machine, submarining, going down, going on, going down on Mother Ocean, sucking it, sucking water, breathing water, H2Oing, liquefied, liquefiedation, aplastoid, drenched, poured, Squirted, pissed on, peed out, golden showered, Pluto sucking, estuaried, immersed, emulsified, (laughs) shelled, oystered, squeegeed, (laughs) melted, melting, infinity, infinity edged, uh, deep depth charged, uh, torpedoed, inundated, laved, deluged. Fluvialized, fluvaded, flooded, Noahed, Noah's neighbor, Noah's neighbored, U-boating, universally sol- solventized. Odd so, aqua so what, infinium. So, so what, are you, what are you really saying here, David? What I'm saying is that was two pages of this book that I have now read twice in my life. And hated every moment. Well, of you know it. what? Uh, I don't understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> are you right. saying? Are you saying dead? <laughs> I'm saying dead. I'm saying he owns a thesaurus and he made up words as well. <laughs> Drowned, <laughs> dead by dead by water. Yeah. Well, you know what? I you know I actually enjoyed when that happened. I uh, yeah. I you were excited when I started reading. I it. was. I almost jumped out when you gave that quote. I One know. of my favorite quotes. Part of me left the house at that moment. I just <laughs> <laughs> and are in your car driving, <laughs> driving home. away. Driving Scott away. Hill. Yeah. <laughs> what podcast are we a part of? I'm not a part of no stinking podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> Oh my! So anyway, all right. Well, that—I uh, think we have a good show here. Let's. Yeah. Uh, why don't we, we? We have to talk about. Um, let's. Um, let's get into our clothing thoughts, David. You want to kind of wrap that up for us, or get us into our ratings okay. here? Okay. All right. So, uh, before we start ratings, we've we've got a new website. Well, we if, you're, if you're listening now, it's probably not. It's probably the only website you've known. But for yeah, us, absolutely, because there's no other website out there but this website. <laughs> but this website is, That's or, right. is it the Orbital Sword? Um, I think it might be just or- Orbital, Orbital Sword. Orbital you know, I should know. Com. I was just on it like yeah, seconds we're st- ago. We just we just made it, so it's still new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so <laughs> one of the really cool things is OrbitalSword.com. OrbitalSword.com. That's is right. This, is this website breaks down 
our reviews a little bit more than we had in the past before we had a yeah, one. Yeah, now you can oh, go vote in these, right? Yeah, we had a one through five rating, um, and it was very arbitrary. Now we have five categories where we will each give a one to ten rating on, and then the main review will be the average of each one from each of us, which makes the actual uh, out of ten review for the book right but the really cool thing about this is if you go to our website and you comment you're given the option to actually put your review for each of the five categories that we've reviewed for this book and it'll show your review right there with your comment and uh maybe we haven't quite figured it out but even to a degree your review may influence the overall score yeah absolutely we haven't quite figured out how much we want to weight those yet but that is something that this website can Uh, allow david's just so you know david's review of the book is weighted really low yes so so i'm skewing it to hurt everyone else yeah right right so we we're we're making it so there's less of an impact (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so check out the website orbitalsword.com and um yeah so our five categories, and you can edit this out if we have wrong. So it's themes. Themes, yeah. As characters. Characters. Plot. Was, was it plot? I think it was plot. And what was the other one that you gave? Well, the one I gave you didn't like. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah that's that's how sexy oh, how sexy I am. But that doesn't uh, really play into the book. I mean. Uh, recommendability. Uh, yeah. Would you, would you, would you recommend, recommend this to somebody? Uh, let me guess. Your rating of recommendability is like high. It's probably, high. I mean. Like there's not a book of, that can put you to sleep more than this one. Right. That, honestly, so you can't buy a nap like that. <laughs> it's true. That's true. You can't buy a nap like that. And what, what was the fifth one? Because there has to be five. Uh, engagement. Engagement. Yeah. yeah, engagement. Do you have any other categories you think might work there, Jim? Uh, not off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah, so these aren't new categories, so they might be a little bit in flux. So Yeah, we can, ch- we can change them each time, but every time you can always vote in line with the categories that we've selected. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So let's start with um, characters. Rating of 1 to 10, how would you rate the characters in this book? 10. Jim? Um, yeah, I'd have to agree, 10. Jeez. They were interesting people. I'm going to give it a three because they are characters. So I can't make it like he didn't do a good job at making characters. I just didn't like them. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to give it a three. All right, very good. So to average, the website will have all the the final number. Yeah, we can't do math here tonight. Go ahead. Uh, So what's our next category? The next category was themes. Well, 10. The themes are clear. It's. it's definitely a message he's trying to get across. So I like it. Ten. Yeah. Jim? Um, I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to agree. Okay, I'm going to go straight cause... up eight on this one because the themes are there. They're very right in front of your face. They're very clear. Problem is they're too right in front of your face. So I'm backing it down from a ten to an eight. All right. Uh, just because it's too pushy about That's it. That's right. Okay, next so. one. Characters, themes, plot, plot, plot. Uh, you know what? I, I'm giving an eight. I like the plot of the story. Yes, it's slow moving. Yes, it's not really distinct. But there's all these mini plots, and they lead up to this end. And I and I like it. I Jim? Like it. Jim? <laughs> I'm going to go seven because oh, yeah, I think there were there were a whole lot of plots, and I think there were a lot of loose ends. 
did you feel that this story was plotting along? Plotting, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how about you? Like, I bet plot was like off the hook for you. Go yeah, ahead. totally. So off the hook, it wasn't even there. I'm giving this a one. Nothing happens. <laughs> Nothing of consequence happens. It has. You're right. It has these small plots, but they're barely even plots, and it builds it up like there's this big thing going on. But it's yeah, I was there. I went into it. How about and, engagement? Engagement. Engagement for you. Let's start with you. Engagement for me. Yeah. Well, what do we consider engagement? Well, I don't know. What do you consider engagement? Did it make me angry? Yes, so it, it make, engaged you. Did, did that, it make it me want to throw like things? Test. Yeah, absolutely. It gets a five because it made me... like It, it <laughs> Look, made, no it, button there, David. Yeah. That's a table. <laughs> this, table with no button. This book made me... like. I had people coming up and asking me about a story because just to like laugh at how angry I was getting <laughs> to that response. So, so in case, yeah, I, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'll so give you five. A five. So uh, for me, absolutely, I couldn't put this book down. Like I kept saying, I have to go, I have to read a little bit more. I'd be sitting in my car, like, okay, uh, I want to wait till this chapter ends. I got to go to work. You know, I have to teach these little scoundrels. I teach, and but no, no, I got to finish this book and. Yeah, Meanwhile, so it, it took me three mediums to get through it. Yeah, it did, but it was it did. but the last one was engaging. So oh, yeah, it's true, it's true. Yeah, so one thing you will find out that this book is not engaging by Alexa. Sorry. Yeah. It's uh, true. So, uh, Jim, how about you? As far as engagement goes, I'm going to go with a nine. Okay. Oh, yeah, the reason is, and the reason I'm I'm saying nine is because, as I mentioned earlier, uh, every now and then I found my mind wandering. And had to had to actually pull myself back in. For the most part, uh, after I put it down, I I looked forward to picking it back up. But there was there was just a few times, and I think it was probably during the citizen sections. Uh, <laughs> uh, probably. Diatribe, yeah. So. so that's so that's that, it. That's, that's four, that's right? Four. So we're now in recommendability. Would we recommend the book? One out of ten. Would you recommend it? Hands down, I would. So ten yeah, for you. So uh, I, maybe nine. nine. I think you need to be a certain frame of mind, and it is very much of a. It's a, it's sci-fi, but it's not for me. It's not what I typically view as sci-fi for right. me. Um, uh, if you're looking for something that's like an ecological thrill, like I, okay, I did recommend this to some people that I know like sci-fi. Like I'm like, oh, you got to read this book. This is great. So. And you're not, not friends with them anymore. No, no, right? no. We're, we're really good friends. They just, they just haven't read the book yet. So maybe when they read the For book, now. they'll be friends. Uh, but no. So I gave it nine recommend recommendability. Yeah, yeah I'd go with an eight. Uh, this, as you say, it's not your typical science fiction story. Um, I don't think everybody everybody would enjoy this. Uh, you've really got to have patience and and time to focus and concentrate to get everything uh, out of this book. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I, would I recommend this book? I would give this book... Look here, I'm going to give it a two just because I think that I could probably recommend this on like the nihilist meme thing or for people who hate <laughs> themselves to read so i'll give it that all right very good so those so, are ratings yeah we'll have the final rating on the website and next time we do this we'll have the thing in front of us to figure all this out yeah absolutely live so our slide rule to slide, figure it out yeah right, so we can uh, mm. uh, 
Very good. So um, I guess before we move on and wrap up the show, we do have to figure out what book we're doing next. Oh, uh, yeah. I understand that they have taken like any hope that I will ever choose a book again from me. <laughs> That's but, not true. But, uh, but G- Jim, I understand that you have the next book for us. Is that correct? Yeah, it's my turn. And I am choosing Stranger in a Strange Land. By Robert Heinlein. Ooh, I haven't read that book in ages. Probably it. it was probably middle school. Stranger in a Strange Land. It sounds familiar. I don't. I've never read it. That's strange. Wow. I know. In a, and I'm in a strange land. You are. You are. <laughs> hey, I, I'm excited to to, t- to tackle this piece of classic fiction. Good. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Cool. Stranger in a Heinlein. Good. I'm excited about it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to choose books that. Uh, I'm going to choose classic science fiction, mostly that I should read that I never have. So yeah. that's kind of where where I'm at with this. I've I've never read this book. So then I'll just pick like new and books that none of us have ever read, and you guys will just hate me for it because they're like bad. Books. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this, I tried and I wanted to like it, and then I just right. I couldn't. So you're the fantasy guru, if I understand. Ah, no, I'm not the <laughs> fantasy guru. I just just so happens that I want to read some books. David, you don't have to apologize. No, <laughs> Jim liked the fantasy book. Let me tell you, my son is now reading Aragon in part because of you. Yeah, because of well, me, which because of you, so awesome. Yeah, yeah no, there I mean, I, I, hey, if we didn't dislike sometimes, then there wouldn't be any reason to talk about it. Absolutely, you don't have to love everything that's out there. Yeah. That's good, and we hope you understand. We, 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 we don't always agree in everything that we read, and this is a this is our chance to kind of dialogue about it. Right. So, yeah. mm-hmm. well, let's go ahead. Plus, and it makes. Go ahead. Makes for a more interesting podcast, too. I just want to hear David rant in, like, one time in our podcast somewhere. I, it's happened. I just <laughs> ran in the, So, all right. That's well, going to be my new ringtone. I'm just going to have, like, David just ranting. Like two minutes and people are like, shut that thing off. <laughs> I can't interrupt you. Some good points here. <laughs> well, you know, you know the thing. the thing I appreciate, David, is... How passionately you hated this book. Yes. Yeah. If you're going to hate something, do it passionately. Look, and I read I it. Mean, I did not I stop mean, reading yeah, it. Yeah, and so hear that. It's not like you just prejudged it. You, like, raged, quit, you stopped reading it. You didn't. I plowed oh, through yeah, it. Oh, yeah, you got through it. So you're a trooper, man, I'll tell you. Fist bump. Come on, fist bump. Totally good. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, if you have a rant about this book, good or bad, we'd love to hear what you think. Absolutely. Uh, there are many ways to do that. One, you can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com, The Orbital Sword. You can hit us up on Twitter. We're at Orbital Sword. Uh, and you can hit us up on the website, orbitalsword.com, where you can also rate the book yourself along with Absolutely. leaving your, your written review as a comment on this. Um, you can email us at theorbitalsword dot, uh, at gmail.com. That's right. And you can attach an audio file. We'll play that in the show. We'll read your comments on it. Yeah. And uh, you can also call us. We have a voicemail at 1260557-CHAT. That's 1260577-2428. Whoa. And Whoa. we are open to suggestions for books to read. And, Absolutely. Uh, our poll should, maybe by the time this is up, our poll will be up and you can vote. No, no, who's messing? You were going to mess with me. I, I was going to. I did art stuff instead. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, Artistic. Uh, <laughs> you can always support us. We have a Patreon page as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Um, so, you know, if you enjoy the show and feel like giving us, we a, need to do a little bit of work in that. A little bit too, of something there. Yeah. So, so uh, once again, for the Orbital Sword, I am David Moulton. I'm Scott Hertzog. And I'm Jim Arrowood. And join us next time on board the Orbital Sword. Whoa!